From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time together, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m., and uh, the program repeats 10 o'clock at on each of those three nights, uh, coming to you live right now at 4 o'clock on this beautiful May 27th, St. Augustine of Canterbury, feast day, um, and thanking you for being a part of the program. Of course, coming to you on all of our audio platforms, our network of domestic church media radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but also on the other audio formats that we use and the platforms that we use, uh, our streaming audio from our website at domesticchurchmedia.org, also coming to you live on our free mobile app. I hope you downloaded it. I know we have uh, close, I think close to 1,200 downloads of the app around the world. I look at the map because it shows me where the people have been listening. And uh, we're hitting pretty much all of the continents, which is great. I hope people are using their free uh, Listen Now part of that app because there's so much more. Uh, also, of course, if you have the Amazon Echo and the Google Home speaker devices, we're coming to you live there as well. Just say play Domestic Church Media. And right now, because we are live, uh, coming to you on our video platforms as well, YouTube, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media. Also live video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. And we're streaming live video on our homepage at Domestic Church Media. Dot org. All those ways, every time I go through that, I, I, the list of, of how we're coming to you, and I believe there's more coming. Actually, I can't get into a lot of detail right now, but hopefully there's more coming uh, this year. So, um, whew, my goodness, how much <laughs> the Lord is blessing us here at the Apostolate, and, and you, my brothers and sisters. I thank you so much for joining me uh, today. Uh, it is Wednesday. Uh, you know, whenever we have a Monday holiday. We get a little confused as to what day it is, but now I think with the whole lockdown situation, nobody knows what day it is anyway. But it is Wednesday, May 27th, 2020, and uh, I want to share with you some of our Holy Father's general audience uh, teaching from earlier today. He continues his teaching on prayer, and uh, today his uh, theme was prayer is a refuge against evil. So we'll go there. And then I, I, I mentioned to it, I mentioned it to you yesterday, you know, right now in our daily mass readings, and of course, if you have your free domestic church media mobile app, you can check out the daily mass readings every day. Uh, but this week we're in uh, the gospel in John 17, and today's uh, passage, mass reading, or today's gospel, is uh, the one I alluded to yesterday, where Jesus prayed that all maybe one. And so I want to, second half of the program, just go through that gospel a little bit and reflect on that a little bit. So I hope you'll stay with me for that as well. We are going to pray, my brothers and sisters, and as always, I invite you to uh, join me and all of our family gathered from around the world. As I said, I look on our uh, mobile app 
statistics, and I see people have downloaded us in, uh, I think um, we're just not downloaded yet in Antarctica, <laughs> but every other continent, which is great because I'm hoping people will take advantage of all that the free domestic church media mobile app has to offer. Uh, not just all things domestic church media, but also the the daily mass readings. And as I said, you know, now with these, um, we've been streaming uh, live masses. So everybody has been streaming masses since the lockdown. Uh, but now that some of the masses are being uh, said and people are driving into the parking lot. And even after that, you know, it's my understanding that you're not going to see missalettes or hymnals in churches when we are able to get back into the church. People are afraid of the virus being on these materials, although the CDC is going back and forth on that. Um, but anyway, as a safety precaution, that the missalettes and the hymnals will be out of the pews. So you need a liturgical aid. Why not download the free domestic church media mobile app because it has all that on there, the daily mass readings and the Sunday mass readings. It has the order of the mass, and I even put a Catholic hymnal on there. So all of you music directors out there, uh, if you want to uh, take a look at that, you can make your – it's got, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of, of Catholic hymns on there. So, uh, And the words is what the people can read from. So uh, everything is just kind of changing. So we're going to – Let's pray first, and I'm going to ask you, as I do every day, to pray with and for all of our family gathered here at this time. Uh, I'm asking you also, please, to pray for our young friend Maria, uh, still a uh, suffering servant, uh, suffering from that tumor on her brain stem. Um, say a little, 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 little prayer for me today. Uh, I won't be here tomorrow. I'm going to put on a repeat because tomorrow is my colonoscopy day, and I say that, you know, uh, unhesitatingly, just to let you know that if you are 50 or over, you should be getting these things done every five years, they tell you. that I've, I get it done every five years. Um, they, they remind me, actually give me a call, although they didn't this year. I had to call them, but uh, every five, once you turn 50, you really should get this procedure done, and uh, mine is tomorrow. I originally scheduled for St. Joseph's Day, but because of the uh, situation, they've had a cancel it, postpone it. So anyway, that's tomorrow. I won't be here tomorrow. I'll have a repeat on. But that means today, when I'm finished with the program, is my prep, prep time. <laughs> and those of you who had have had colonoscopies, you know, out of all that's done, that's the worst part, if you want to even call it worst anymore. I don't know. So <laughs> say a little prayer for me. And then, of course, tomorrow when you have the procedure done, they inject you with that stuff. And just, you know, you're, all of a sudden you're waking up. Now, you know, you're talking to the the doctor and or the assistants there, and the anesthesiologist, and then next thing you know you're waking up. That's how quick it, it, it seems to go. But the worst part is, or the, the most, let's say the most challenging part is the prep for this thing. So that's, I start mine tonight when I, when I leave here, pray my evening prayer, and then go home and let the fun begin. Uh <laughs> Let's pray, though, my friends, and as always, I invite you, wherever you are listening or watching, uh, to pray together, and we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And we're praying the prayer our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, composed for us uh, this year, specifically uh, praying to our Blessed Mother, uh, invoking her assistance against the 
uh, coronavirus, and this is the prayer that he composed and asked all people to pray at the conclusion of their rosaries this month and throughout the year, but especially this month, this month of May. And a quick aside to this, um, I will tell you about a special event coming up this Saturday with Pope Francis and the Rosary. But let's first pray. We fly to your protection, Holy Mother of God, in the present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you, Mother of God and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died, and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son, as you did at Cana, so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and volunteers who are the, on the front lines of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic effort and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who, in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel, are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders with that wisdom, solicitude, and generosity that may come to the aid of those lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Beloved Mother, Help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael, the Archangel, and also the Subtum Presidium prayer. Holy Father asks us to pray this prayer, these prayers every single day with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities. 
but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, Saint Augustine of Canterbury, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And uh, as always, my friends, I thank you for joining me and praying together and remind you that this coming Monday... Uh, is June 1st already, and of course the first Monday, as he does the first and third Monday of every month, our good friend Bruce Tobacco will be here with Come to the Throne from 3 to 4 p.m. live, and we will open up the airwaves and throw up the um, prayer tent, throw open the prayer tent, and invite you to call in and pray uh, with Bruce for all of your special intentions. And in the meantime, you can get those intentions to us, uh, you can all, by uh, emailing your prayer to pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. And uh, when Bruce comes, I'll have the prayers here for him. Uh, and in the meantime, when I receive them, I do take them into the chapel with me for morning and evening prayer and pray for you and all of your intentions. It's a wonderful way that we can be united here uh, as the mystical body of Christ in a special way. And as I've been saying, you know, throughout this entire ordeal, we're now hearing a, a more and more uh, of the country is reopening, as they say. And I said, well, we're not reopening because we never closed. We've been here for you 24-7 throughout the entire situation. Uh, nothing has changed. We've been here bringing you um, these programs uh, throughout the day and night hoping to be for you a lifeline, a, a, a bridge to the church, you know, in a special way because the church is closed and we can't go to public masses and things, that we're pro providing for you those spiritual resources that you need in our programming and our uh, you know, special prayers and liturgies that we bring you um, to be here for you. Uh, Cheryl and I have, have done the best we can to make sure that everything runs as smoothly as, as possible, and, of course, our affiliation with EWTN gives us that wonderful opportunity to bring you so many great Catholic radio programs, as well as the ones that we present to you locally here from domestic church media. Um, so keep us in prayer, my brothers and sisters. Keep praying for us. And again, as we now you know, leave this month of May and enter into June, July, and August, which are traditionally the worst months for us, as far as uh, fundraising goes, to please pray that more and more people will continue to support us and also maybe in a, in a special way those who can afford to do so, because I know things are tough right now, to be able to uh, do a little extra for us over the next three months uh, because we have had to postpone our Radiothon, which we always have in the spring, uh, the funds raised in our spring radiothon have always carried us through the summer months into the fall. We haven't had the radiothon yet. We won't have it again until the fall. Uh, we don't have those funds then to work with. So we're praying that you will help us to pick up that slack. Again, you can write to us here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 086. 
8828. That's our address, Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, that's 7509, Trenton, 08628. That's our zip, 08628. So it's P.O. Box 7509, and our zip is 08628. Very simple, domestic church media. And, of course, your gift is tax-deductible as allowed by law. We're a 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization. Uh, If you'd rather, and it's much quicker and easier, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the Donate Now button. And you can make an online donation of your choice, whatever is convenient, whatever works for you, whatever is comfortable for you. And uh, if you have uh, it within your means to make a monthly donation, you can do that there as well. Just throw that out to you. I got to let you know what we need, what our needs are. Stressing now as we enter into these months, June, July, and August. It's a little different this year, isn't it, because of all all that's going on out there. very surreal 2020, hasn't it been? Uh, we're all waiting to wake up, I think, from this uh, this bad dream. But I'm happy you're here, my brothers and sisters. And here's an example of something that, that we, again, just as part of uh, our apostolic efforts here in our affiliation with EWTN, this coming Saturday, May 30th, Pope Francis is going to pray the rosary, a worldwide rosary, and he's inviting people in because I guess a lot of the, not a lot, but the shrines, the Marian shrines around the world because of the coronavirus pandemic uh, have had to change their schedules and close and, and visitors can't get there. And Anyway, Holy Father is continuing his um, invocation of the Blessed Mother, uh, asking her to... Uh, just get rid of this pandemic. Just just intercede on our behalf before the throne of her son and see this thing disappear. So he's, he's leading the world in the praying of the Holy Rosary this coming Saturday, May 30th. It's going to be 5.30 uh, Rome time, which means 11.30 a.m. our time. Okay, so 11.30 a.m. this coming Saturday, we will bring you live from Rome the Holy Father, Pope Francis, praying a worldwide rosary. So the entire world will have an opportunity because they're going to broadcast it. Uh, we're bringing it to you here. It's going to be broadcast on Vatican Radio and EWTN. So the entire world can come together this coming Saturday, 1130 a.m., and pray the rosary together. And we'll do our part here. We'll bring it to you live from Rome. And just give this whole pandemic situation to Blessed Mother into those immaculate hands and ask her, please, to go before the throne of her beloved son and put, give it to him. And that's all we can do. That's all we have to do is give it to Jesus through the intercession of Blessed Mother. She did it Cana of Galilee. So mark your calendar. I'll keep reminding you this coming Saturday, May 30th, 1130 a.m., We'll bring you live from Rome with Pope Francis a worldwide rosary to pray for an end to this pandemic. Get it out of here. (laughs) Give it to Blessed Mother and let her bring it to Jesus. So spread the word because imagine, you know, that we're, we're praying globally the rosary at the same time with the Vicar of Christ. That's the opportunity we have. That's what we're going to bring to you. And we're so thrilled we can do that. And this is an example of 
why, and I say this in all humility, but why it's so important to have an apostolate like this available to you. Where anytime, day or night, you can tune in and be fed with what you need to give us that hope that'll get us through this situation. And so continue to pray for us, my brothers and sisters, and in whatever way you can, please support us. Let's go to Holy Father's uh, general audience from this morning over in Rome, and he's continuing his catechesis, as he began a few weeks ago, on prayer at these general audiences. Holy Father said this morning, prayer is a refuge and protection against the evil of the world. And again, because of the situation, he's giving his general audiences from his library in the Apostolic Palace. But the Holy Father illustrated this point with several stories from Genesis, including those of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel and Noah, talking about the power of prayer and the the, the wonderful refuge and protection that prayer can provide against the evil of the world. The Holy Father said, reading these stories, one gets the impression that prayer is both the embankment and the refuge of man before the flood of evil that grows in the world. On closer inspection, the Holy Father said, we also pray to be saved from ourselves. Pope Francis said God's plan for humanity is good, but in our daily life, we experience the presence of evil. It is an everyday experience. Have you seen these videos now? This is how, how, how crazy people are becoming, you know, the, the, the fights, the arguments, um, the, the meanness toward each other. Uh, you know, there was a thing on the news I was watching last night. I think it was in Staten Island where some woman was not wearing her face mask in the grocery store. And the other patrons in that store who were wearing masks were screaming at her, get out, put your mask on. You can't be here without a, just yelling. We've become so, and I think I mentioned to you a few weeks ago when we were doing our program together with Cheryl. Uh, I went to a little package store next door here to our uh, building and, and, uh, there was a, and I had a mask, I had a mask on, but I apparently I, I got too close to the gentleman in front of me and he kind of jumped back. Like there was something wrong with me, told me to go away, get away. You're too close. People have just been conditioned, you know, to, but we, 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 where's the charity, you know, but we have to protect ourselves from the evil of the world too. Uh, that's out there. And Holy Father was saying that, that, you know, the, uh, that evil is present in, in everyday experiences. He noted that the righteous person's prayer turns them away, not toward, uh, turns them away from, not toward um, violence. In fact, Pope Francis said, prayer, when it is authentic, is free from instincts of violence and is a, a gaze turned toward God. And then he quoted the Catechism, which says the quality of prayer is lived by a multitude of righteous in all religions. Prayer, he said, cultivates flower beds of rebirth in places where man's hatred has, has only been able to enlarge the desert. And he reflected on the lessons humanity can take from the stories of Genesis, starting with Adam and Eve, 
the first chapters of the book of Genesis describe the progressive expansion of sin in human affairs. Adam and Eve, yielding to the devil's temptation, begin to doubt the benevolent intention of God. They have delusions of omnipotence, the Holy Father said. But what happens instead is their eyes are opened and they discover they are naked. They have nothing. The tempter pays badly, he said. And then he turned to Cain and Abel, asserting that with the next human generation, evil becomes even more disruptive. Cain becomes infested with the what Holy Father called the worm of envy toward his brother Abel. And Cain does not get command of the evil which grows in his heart. And so the story of the first brotherhood ends with a murder. Holy Father said, I think today about human fraternity, wars everywhere. We hear the threats of wars, don't we, friends? And we hear about the evil and the the lack of integrity, the lack of honesty, the lack of charity, the the desire to destroy, the, the vision. All this is out there. It's all a result of sin and evil in the world. Holy Father said that uh, evil spreads like wildfire until it occupies the whole picture. But Pope Francis said, but there is need for a new beginning, a new creation which will have its fulfillment in Jesus. Yet in these first pages of the Bible, Pope Francis said, another story is written, less conspicuous, much more humble and devoted, which represents the redemption of hope. Even if there, if almost everyone behaves in a brutal way, Pope Francis said, making hatred and conquest the great engine of human affairs, there are people capable of praying to God with sincerity, capable of, capable of writing man's destiny in a different way. This is all prayer, you know, and we know there are communities out there that are just dedicated to prayer, don't we? They spend their life in prayer, praying for the world and the needs of the world. Holy Father pointed to the birth of Adam and Eve's third son, Seth, who later had his own son named Anus, meaning mortal. In Genesis, it is written that from the birth of Enos, people begin to invoke the name of the Lord. And he had a cousin, Enoch, who's a person who walks with God, the scriptures tell us. And finally, there's the story of Noah, a righteous man who walked with God before whom God holds back his purpose of erasing humanity. And prayer is powerful there, Holy Father said, because it attracts the power of God, and the power of God always gives life. It always gives life, he said. This is why the lordship of God passes through the chain of these men and women, often misunderstood or marginalized in the world. They're not headline makers, the Holy Father said, but the world lives and grows thanks to the strength of God that these servants of his draw with their prayer. Think about the power of the prayer of those wonderful men and women religious in monasteries who spend their days just in prayer. Very simple, humble individuals, humble souls who spend their life forsaking everything that the world has to offer them and spending it in prayer for the world. And as Holy Father said, they're not headline makers. But the world lives and grows thanks to the strength of God that these servants of his draw with their prayer. But then Pope Francis said, the path of God in the history of the path of God in the history of God passed through them 
It passed through a remnant of humanity that did not confirm to the law of the fittest, but asked God to perform his miracles and above all, to transform our heart of stone to a heart of flesh. You know, this is what he's doing this, this coming weekend. He's inviting the entire world to come together in prayer, praying the rosary in this uh, month of May, the last uh, second to last day of the month, the day before Pentecost, and kind of likening, liking it to that upper room where our Blessed Mother was there with the apostles for nine days, the first novena, right, following our Lord's ascension, where they spent their time in prayer, praying for the Holy Spirit. And this is what Holy Father Pope Francis is doing this coming Saturday. He's inviting all the disciples of Christ around the world to be united in prayer, in the prayer of the Holy Rosary. And what an honor it is for us to be able to be a part of this, to be able to bring that to so many hundreds of thousands of people, millions potentially, with all the means we have of broadcasting here, to be united with the Vicar of Christ in prayer, going to our Blessed Mother, on the eve of Pentecost, because it's 5.30 Rome time, so it is the eve of Pentecost, is the vigil of Pentecost, in effect, Rome time, that we can join with the power of that prayer, going to the, to the Blessed Mother, who takes this intention of, of ridding the world of this pandemic and bringing it to Jesus, and see the power of prayer in all of that. As I mentioned to you yesterday, you know, it was the Holy Father's Holy Hour, Worldwide Holy Hour, uh, back at the end of March, where they identified that, not coincidentally, but providentially, it was at that point that the numbers of cases of confirmed coronavirus in Italy began to decline following that Holy Hour. So imagine what can happen with the power of this rosary this Saturday, May 30th, 1130 a.m., live here on these domestic church stations. I'll take a break. I'll come back. Uh, with today's gospel. Don't go away. More to come on Come to Me. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. 
Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Are you and I a friend of Jesus? That's the important one. See? He will never let you down. He will always be forgiving and merciful and compassionate. You can't say that of any friend. So oh, I have a wonderful friend and we've been friends for 40 years. Wonderful. I think that's a big grace. Scripture says, if you have found such a one, praise God. But ordinarily, you can't say that you would tell your very heart to this one or that one. To some, it would be like putting it in a newspaper. Be all over town, half hour, where you wouldn't talk to a friend like that. But with Jesus, you can talk to any friend. You can talk to him as the best of friends. People you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Moorestown to Manilokan, Bedminster to Brick, Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All right, welcome back on this lovely May 27th. I want to say Thursday, but it's only Wednesday. <laughs> Very confused today. Uh, Monday was a holiday. Tomorrow I can't be here. I have to put a repeat on because I have my procedure. Um, the you know just it's just a you know the the, the colonoscopy. You got to get them done. You know, gotta have, a, have to have it done every five years. They tell me so. Uh, once you turn fifty, and I encourage everybody fifty and over, make sure you get yours because it can really save you. Save lives. I mean, uh, you know, colorectal cancer is uh, out there. So anyway, so I won't be here tomorrow. I'll be. I'll have a repeat on for you. Um, and you heard the promo there for Friday Live. I want to let you know this coming Friday. We'll be back on Friday, God willing, day after tomorrow. 
Um, Cheryl and I will be joined by uh, Susan Muto, and she's written a book called A Feast for Hungry Souls. Also, our friend Deacon Anthony Seo will join us, and Deacon hasn't been here, you know, but the virus has kind of kept everybody away. But he'll be doing a phone-in with us, and we'll talk with Deacon, see how things have been going with him uh, during these uh, days of lockdown and shutdown and, and quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, of course, Jim will be here with the weather. We have music. We have to play Name That Catholic Tune, uh, all kinds of stuff. So join us Friday at 4 o'clock for Friday Live, Cheryl and me, I, I, and uh, just the day after tomorrow. The last Friday in May already. <laughs> Don't know where, 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 where the time. It almost began, wasn't like around the middle of February, all this started to happen. It got real serious, like at the mid- middle of March. I know we traveled, you know, we were we were traveling uh, had a little midwinter vacation there in February, and, and of course in early March, the, I think the second week in March, Cheryl and I had to go down to EWTN, and uh, we were flying, and the plane was packed, and airports were packed, and so it must have been shortly after that that everything just shut down. Uh, but anyway, so we're happy to be here, um, doing what we can do for you and for all of our family of listeners during these very very uh, unusual times. Let's pray that things begin to open up quickly now. Um, I was reading an article this morning that the CDC is now saying that the numbers of deaths attributed to coronavirus may be inflated. So, you know, you don't know what, you don't just don't know what to believe anymore. Um, I think at this point we just have to live our lives and trust in God. That's it. Trust in God. Trust in the Lord. Be, you know, prudent and, and, and cautious as as you need to be along the way. You know, as he's like a lot of these places now that are that are opening up, right? Some of these places that are beginning to open up, like New Jersey and Pennsylvania, kind of behind <laughs> behind everybody else. But uh, hopefully soon we'll start seeing some of that here. And and you know, businesses do have the right. Private businesses have the right to say, you know, and require you wear a mask. If they want you to wear a mask, you have to wear a mask or don't patronize them. You may say, I don't want to wear a mask, but then you don't patronize that business. They have the right to do that, Um, just out of caution. But they're saying there's so many factors now and so many, so much, I guess there's just so much information. It's sometimes a little bit difficult what to believe anymore. What's the, what's the, the, the truth, you know? Um... We're reading about colleges and universities that will be opening up in the fall. I think Seton Hall said they're going to open up. Uh, Purdue, Notre Dame, they're opening up colleges, universities. Um, the governor said he you know, he's going to allow high school gra- graduations to take place in July. Uh, so all kinds of stuff. We just got to keep praying, my brothers and sisters. Just pray for, and I don't like the term new normal. I don't like that term at all, a new normal. Because that almost is, is a surreptitious way of creating a, going to someone or some ideology or agenda that you may not want to go to. Let's just probably get back to just normal USA living, you know? Anyway, what I want to do is go to today's gospel. I'm going to do that by going to our domestic church media mobile app. And when you go to the Domestic Church Media mobile app, all you have to do is go to the pray option on the bottom. There's listen, watch, and listen live. Then there's pray. You hit pray, 
You get the daily mass readings. You get the order of the mass. You get the Catholic hymnal. You get the same of the day, uh, morning and evening. It's all there. So we're going to go to the daily mass readings for today and click on that and go to today's gospel. I, I mentioned this to you yesterday. Um, this week we're praying from John 17. The gospel is from John 17 in our mass readings. And today's reading was the reading I referred to uh, yesterday. So let me first pray the gospel, then we'll talk a little bit about it, because it's an important gospel. Every gospel is important, obviously. But for today, especially, I think, where there tends to be a lot of division. Jesus, the night before he died, prayed these prayers, basically, saying, This is from the Gospel according to John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them. And none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I give them your word, and the world hated them because they do not belong to the world, and more than I belong to the world. Any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world, and I consecrate myself to them so that they may also be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This particular gospel sums up so much about our Lord's mission, of course, but also the responsibility and the role of we who are his disciples. Remember now, he prayed this prayer the night before he died. And we only see this particular passage in uh, John's gospel. But first, he prays to the Father, asking our Heavenly Father to keep everybody, all of his disciples, in God's name so that they may be one just as we are one, Jesus said. So from the very, very beginning of this this prayer that he prayed on uh, the night before he died, he prayed for unity. He prayed that we, his followers, not just those who were in the room with him that night, but his church, that we may be one as he and the Father are one. We talk about this often, especially over the past couple of years, I think we've talked a lot about it, or I have anyway, because it's been something that bothers me, is the, the division, the divisiveness in, in, our, in, in our, not just our world, but especially within our church. You know, I belong to 
You know, I'm a JP2 follower. I'm a uh, Benedict was my man. Uh, you know, Francis is my guy. People are like taking sides and uh, trying to make it sound like one. I mean, there are different charisms among not just the vicars of Christ that we've seen over the past uh, 10, 15 years, especially. Many different charisms. But you have to believe that the Lord put the man who is in the seat of Peter for the time. I mean, John Paul II, you know, John Paul II was a, a holy father, our holy father for 26 years. The right man for the right time, obviously. Who's going to question the judgment of God? And, and Benedict, you know, was a wonderful way of continuing the mission of John Paul, but placing a lot more focus in other areas of the church that were needed at the time. And, and Francis is, is, is Francis. <laughs> you know, and he's, he certainly is who God wants him to be right now, where he is. But that's just the beginning. Then you can go around all the other charisms and, and, and uh, movements and communities and, and styles within our church. But we're many parts of one body. And Jesus, the night before he died, prayed that we all are one, just as he and the Father are one. And he said, I protected them. Those you gave me, except for the, the, the one he called the sin of, son of destruction, in order that the scriptures might be fulfilled. He said, but now I'm coming to you and I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word and the world hated them. This is 2,000 years ago. The world still hates us. Because we know who the prince of this world is. So certainly the world is going to hate us. And Jesus said, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. We're not created for this world. We're created for God in heaven. We're here because of the sin of our first parents. We're in exile. There's a veil between us in this life and the life we're called to live now and the life that we will live eternally. And that veil is there because of sin and the sin of our first parents. And we pray, you know, that we, and I've said that before, but, you know, when we know we are in exile, we're, 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 one day we're, we're going to see God as he truly is. And that's the way it was meant to be. But Jesus in his prayer the night before he dies is saying just that, you know, they're, they're here, and I, I, I want them to give complete joy, but they're not of this world. They don't belong here. We don't belong here, my friends. And he said, I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. You know, as I said earlier, and as you know, you know, if you if you watch the news on any given day or night and you hear about 
and usually it's political, but you hear about the politicians, you know, that this one didn't tell the truth, this one lied, this one is is not being straight with us, and this one is not telling us what we need to know and hiding information, and there's a lot going on. You hear about the deep state, right? You hear about the deep state, what's going on there? A lot of deception. There are people uh, having to deal with identity theft these days with all the technologies out there available to them. There's just a lot of dishonesty, lack of integrity, immorality, all these things that are the result of sin in the world. And we are called, although to be in the world, we're not called to be of it. That's not who we are. And Jesus in his prayer said to the Father, that I gave them your word. I gave them your word, and the world hated them because they don't belong to the world. You know, we, we wear that as a badge of honor as Christians, if that's the case. We should be. We don't want to be of the world. We don't want to be a part of what's happening here. We certainly want to change the world. We want to build up the kingdom here in the world so that when Jesus does return and hands the kingdom over to his Father, it's it's the right kingdom. (laughs) It's the way it should be. I think Father Jason was saying that to me recently. uh, I guess in one of his seminary classes, he said that People, you know, are afraid. This is the, the these are the these these are the last days. You know, we know we're in the end times. Been in the end times since since our Lord uh, ascended into heaven. But Father Jason was saying, you know, people are afraid. These are the last days, and and Jesus is going to come. And his professor in seminary said, uh, "Remember, when our Lord comes back, he's going to hand over the kingdom to his Father." And he said, "Would you want? Would he want to give this, hand this over to the, to the Father? What we have here today, the way the shape of the world is in right now. But we are called to be consecrated in the truth. The Word, God's Word, is the truth. We have this. We have it all. You know, and and in, in our Lord's prayer that we are called to be one. And He was sent into this world. He said, "So I send them into the world, and I consecrate myself for them." so that they may also be consecrated in truth. How many martyrs down through the ages of our church have we seen because they have been defending the truth, living the truth, sharing the truth, preaching the truth? And the world doesn't want to hear that truth. The world would rather bask in a sea of lies because it makes the world feel better. Tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to know. That great quote from Archbishop Sheen, you know, if you want the, you want people to change, tell them, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if you want people to stay the same, if you want people to remain the same, tell them what they want to hear. If you want people to change, tell them what they need to know. So think about that. You know, we want the world to, to change. We have to tell the world what it needs to know. If you want the world to remain the same, tell it what it wants to hear. Tickle their ears. 
make me feel good about my sinfulness, my immoral behavior, my uh, um, uh, desire for constant pleasure. Tell me things that I want to hear to make me feel good about that. But if you want the world to change, tell the world what it needs to know. We are consecrated in the truth. We know the truth. We know what the world needs to know. They need to know the truth, and the truth with a capital T is Jesus Christ. And we, as his disciples, have been given this great commission to do just that. We don't want to confirm people in their sinful ways. We don't want to confirm people in their immoral behavior and their, uh, their lack of integrity and their uh, living in lies. You know, the world is beca- can become uh, a numb, right, to—we talk about um, um, having a well-formed conscience to help us make better decisions— in the world, in our daily life. You know, how do we know what to do, what the right thing to do is? We know that if you steal something, it's, it's wrong. We, we know that if you lie, it's wrong. We know if you murder someone, I'm not even talking about physically murdering someone, which, by the way, that Manfredonia murderer is not related to us. We've gotten a few inquiries about that, that poor... You know, that poor family uh, up in Connecticut whose son is being accused of murdering a couple of people whose last name happens to be Manfredonia, not one of us. He's not related at all, so no relation. But you you can murder somebody with your tongue, calumny, detraction, gossip. Let me do that. Make me feel good about that. Tell me it's okay. Tell me it's okay uh, to have an abortion. Tell me it's okay to, uh, quote-unquote, marry somebody of the same sex. Tell me it's okay to uh, have uh, relations outside of marriage. Make me feel good about myself. Tell me what I want to hear. But when you tell the world what it needs to know... That's when you're hated. <laughs> the world doesn't want to hear the truth. You know, that's why I think we all come together at this time. You know, people come to this program or any program we have here on the, on the air because you want to come, you know that you're, it's like a safe haven. You know that we're of like mind, right? We know that we're, we're being reinforced with what we, need to, what we need to know. We're being reinforced with those truths of our faith that, help us to live a better life, to be able to go out and, and, and bear that light to others. And not going to make us popular. We're not going to win any popularity contests by uh, proclaiming the truth of the Catholic faith in today's world. You know that. I'm gonna, I don't have to tell you that. But we're, we're, we're not answering to the world. We're answering to God. And sadly today, people don't think about that. I, I heard the other day, and it's true. I think you probably know this as well. You know, the people who are 65 and older, 70, 80 years old, 
they're not that fearful of this coronavirus. So you take precaution, you do, but they're not the ones who are really afraid of this thing. You know who's really afraid of this, most afraid of this? Millennials. And the younger generation beyond, after them. Because a majority of them are nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They have nothing. They have nothing beyond this world. So they don't want to. They don't want to get this virus. It's going to kill them. And they're the least ones affected by it. But they're afraid. The majority of people. I was reading this article. The majority of people who are afraid of this thing are these these millennials, the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, because there's nothing beyond this. Whereas we, who you know, I'm a senior citizen. You, many of you, most of you, oh, we don't want to get it. We know if we get it, you're a person of faith. God's will be done. Lord, pray that I can get cured and healed. If not, I know that uh, it's my time. (laughs) That's our attitude. Because we know the truth. And we live that truth. And so as we continue in reflecting on the Lord's prayer the night before he passed into his, his passion, that he prayed that we all be one, just as he and the Father are one, in truth. All right, my friends, I'm going to have to get out of here now. I see the, there we go. Uh, and uh, tomorrow I won't be here. Uh, I'll put a repeat on. Tomorrow is my uh, colonoscopy. So <laughs> say a little prayer. It's a piece of cake, let me tell you that. Not, not a big deal, but, uh, you know, they. It's, it's the worst part is what's coming up when I have to leave here. So anyway. Uh, Sure, I'll be back on Friday, 4 o'clock. Join us then. Uh, Let's pray for each other, my brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.